Welcome to the Fit for Tomorrow podcast. I'm Dr. Nick Sanders, physical therapist, and together I hope we can explore the best ways to stay fit, healthy, and active as busy adults. We all have a lot on our plate. So what is the most efficient way to exercise, eat, sleep, and train in order to continue to do the activities we love well into our future? I hope you enjoy this week's episode. This is the Fit for Tomorrow podcast, your home for everything physical therapy and the start to your road to recovery. For more information, visit our website at fitforfunction.com and schedule your free over-the-phone consultation. Once again, that is P-H-Y-T for function.com. And here's your host, Dr. Nick Sanders. All right, guys, I'm here with Jeremy Onion. Jeremy is a physical therapist. Uh, he is from Chesterland and living in Tennessee currently, but he is going to be coming to work with us at Fit for Function uh, here in Beachwood. So I'm super excited to introduce you guys to him, uh, chat with him a little bit today about kind of what he's done with his professional career, what he's into personally, and uh, um, just excited to bring his skill set to, to Beachwood and talk a little bit more about what he does. So Jeremy, thanks for thanks for spending the time to sit on this call with us. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. So, you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Tell uh, tell us where you're from, what you do, yeah. all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, I can give you the background. Um, so, uh, I'm a Northeast Ohio native. Uh, I grew up in, in Jefferson, way out uh, far east there, and uh, I went to school uh, at the University of Toledo, and I did my bachelor's uh, degree there. And then I stuck around for another three years and, and, and did my doctorate in physical therapy there. Um, so I spent a lot of time uh, in Northern Ohio. And then when I, well, before I graduated, my last internship, my specialty internship, um, I actually got an opportunity to meet one of my, my current mentors um, at CSM and we got to talk in and, and I was really interested in, in manual therapy, um, going into practice. So, uh, we set it up to have my final internship, uh, with this company and, and, and it just happened to be in Nashville. So, uh, we got through all that and, and I loved it. And, um, you know, long story short, uh, you know, I've been, I've been practicing for about five years in, in Nashville and, and just kind of honing the skill set, manual therapy, uh, you know, all the way. And uh, I really am a big believer in it. Um, you know, not to say that that's the only thing that, that we do, but, uh, I think it's a, a really big benefit to patients and, and, and they know it too. They, they, Dude. they love it. Yeah. So, um, you know, going forward, um, yeah, I mean, just been been practicing and honing that skill set, um, you know, throughout the years, uh, dry needling certifications and and uh, different manual therapy uh, certifications. So, finished up my uh, COMT certified orthopedic manual therapist, and and now I'm currently working on uh, my OCS, so the orthopedic clinical specialist, and I'll be taking that exam uh, in March. So just currently that, studying. That's for no that. joke. It's no joke. It's that's no, no joke. joke. That's that's the legit so, right there. So as a CMT, that's a that's a heck of a process to go get that that manual therapy cert. Yeah, it's two two and a half years or so. Just with the process that I took, sure. obviously, uh, you know, when I first started out of school, um, yeah, I for a good six months I was 
I was done with learning, honestly, (laughs) (laughs) after seven years. Um, But then, yeah, eventually the the spark just comes back. And that's that's one thing I'm really big on is just uh, continuing education. So I'm just keeping up with the current research and and uh, just getting people better as fast as possible. Yeah, it's awesome. I think one of the things that that, uh, you know, connected on LinkedIn, right? And, yeah. and I kind of looked at your stuff and I saw your background. You did some personal training and weightlifting. Mm-hmm. And then you, know, you kind of hear that story of, hey, I wanted to do manual therapy. Where do I find somebody? And and that's my story, right? Like yeah. I went to my professor and I said, hey, I want to learn manual therapy. Where do I go? And, yeah. and that's how I got connected with Dave Griswold and Frank Argana, who are instructors with integrative dry needling and just kind of sent me on that whole path, right? Of, yeah. hey, this is what we're going to learn to do. And, 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 uh, so it resonated very quickly. I was like, oh, I've, I, yeah, that's the game I played. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, there's so many facets that encompass manual therapy too. So, and I think that we're, you know, you and I are just on the brink of what's to come in physical therapy. I think, uh, I think this profession is going to honestly explode over the next, you know, 15, 20 years. So and I'm excited to be part of it. Where do you think it's going? Where, I mean, um, Honestly, I hope more towards uh, physical therapists being a, a primary care in musculoskeletal pain. I mean, that's that's the ultimate goal. Um, you know, I think I would love for people to say, hey, um, you know, I, I hurt my shoulder. I hurt my back. Um, I, I need to go to the physical therapist. And, uh, and honestly, the people that have come uh, to me and we built a great, um, you know, clinician patient relationship, I, I think that we've, we've kind of uh, accomplished some of that, but just in terms of um, perception in, in the masses, uh, I think as a profession, we have a little bit uh, more work to do a lot of, a lot of bit more work to do. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I want people to, think of uh physical therapists as frontline health workers and and um you know if you have back pain that's that's where you need to go um and obviously being um confident and confident enough to know when to refer to uh, appropriate medical providers so yeah that's my that's my that's my hope I, I mean, obviously, I agree. That's kind of what drove me into to starting Fit for Function in the first place. Is you know, the, there's no reason that a majority of the back pain needs to get drug into that like crazy medical system of, all right, let's get this image, let's start you on these pain pills, and then when that doesn't work, you're going to get this pain injection, and then this MRI, and then this surgery, and it's just like, you know, like, yeah, so many things can we can troubleshoot, right? I mean, especially it's- with you're, you know, with the background that, that you bring to the table. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, I mean, we could talk so long about this just in terms of, um, not only physical therapy, but the, the American healthcare system, but, um, but yeah, I agree. It's, it's definitely something that, that needs to be addressed and, and, and PTs can be there to educate those patients. Um, because you know, as well as I do that, uh, the majority, the vast majority of back pain, for instance, uh, does not need all to be spending all these dollars on imaging and, and things like that. So uh, not to say that I'm against it, um, you know, because that's a, a completely different topic that we can talk about imaging and physical therapy. But, um, 
but yeah, this the the, utiliz- the overutilization of it is, yeah. is something to be concerned about. I mean, there's there's no question that there is a place for imaging, X-rays, MRI, surgery. Like you need to have surgery; that needs to be an option uh, on the yeah. table, um, as long as it's not your first and primary, right? Like, right. there's so many ways that that we can manage it. Um, you you kind of opened a little can of worms there when you say physical therapy and imaging. What are your what were you referencing? Yeah, I mean. Um, you know, we've been as a, you know, looking back in the history of physical therapy as, uh, you know, secondary providers and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, that's for most people, um, they're just un- unaware of that. And, and that's, uh, you know, something that we need to educate on, but now with, uh, it moving into a doctoral profession and, uh, and being primary care providers with the direct access, uh, that we have throughout the country now, um, you know, there, there's definitely, like you said, a place for imaging. Um, and, you know, we as musculoskeletal physical therapists, man, uh, manual physical therapists, I know we take pride on our ability to uh, examine the patients and get a, a good picture of what's going on clinically and, uh, and, a, and a good diagnosis physical therapy diagnosis but there there are things that that need to be ruled out with imaging and uh um for physical therapists to be able to do that and um effectively and in a time appropriate manner i think is um a good argument for um, the progression to allow physical therapists to imaging rights. So, you know, if we're going to be primary uh, healthcare providers, then that that's probably going to need to be um, a, a privilege that, that we have because there's, there's things that we need to rule out and having to refer to uh, other healthcare providers just to get that imaging uh, to see it prolong the uh, the process and the plan of care and and there's so many other uh, healthcare dollars that are spent there just in uh, visits and things like that if we have the ability to do that then we can reduce the healthcare costs and the healthcare burden in this country 100% like yeah you're trusting us to see somebody direct access like we should be at a minimum we should be able to do x-rays right um there's nothing worse than like, you know, you need to rule something out. Now you got to send them to their doc. They got to get this appointment. It's going to take three weeks to get the appointment. Like, oy, oy, oy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, hopefully, hopefully in the near future, we, we see that, um, we see that come about. But. Yeah. Let's, uh, and let's, let's just put the, put the stress on the APTA about that. You know, <laughs> obviously they have, uh, they, they have a lot of things going on. There's so many, so many different, sectors of, of physical therapy that uh yep. that's another another thing as well so you know outpatients uh one aspect yeah but i think by and large um and maybe this is just my bias because you know we've been doing it for a while now but i think people are starting to look at physical therapists as a go-to resource yeah. um and again again that's just the world i've lived in for a while now but more and more you're seeing you know, our model of direct access care and in physical therapy, you're seeing more therapists do it, which is awesome. People are looking for it because they recognize the value of it. Um, and I don't, I think that's a trend that's, that, that's going to keep going like that. That trend's not going anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think so too. Um, I think 
I think they, they realize the, the care that we can provide them and, you know, the direct access laws are, are they're, they're newer concepts and, and, and even in the media, it still hasn't caught, um, still hasn't, the perception still isn't there. So I think we just need to do a, you know, a great job educating patients one-on-one and um, and that's what you, you and I can do in the clinic. You know, people are coming to us to see, but we also have to educate, um, you know, kind of the, the masses as well. Um, and I think, like I said, we need to, you know, being a part of, of those organizations that can, that can help that is a, is a big thing that, that, that I am, am into doing as well. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think there's still a, uh, I don't know, perception that, that physical therapy is just surgical rehab or you're just going to get kind of these basic exercise things that are a waste of your time. And um, the profession as a whole has so much more to offer, right? And, yeah. and the word's getting out, you know, it's it's starting to, to trend that way, but definitely more we can do. But, you know, you get that question all the time, like, so what I get this, like, it cracks me up. So you've needled somebody, uh, you've cracked their back, you've done all this stuff to them. And they're like, so what are you? Are you a PT or a, a doc? Like, what are you? And you're like, you don't know. <laughs> like, uh, um, and, and I think it speaks to those word of mouth referrals, right? Somebody's like, just go see this person. They'll take care of you. Yeah. Um, but the fact that you're a physical therapist isn't always front of mind to them. Like, that's not, that's not what they think most of the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely agree. You know, people, uh, people come to me, you know, just as soon as yesterday and, you know, they think that they're going to come in and do some easy exercises or something. And, and, and that's not the case, you know, we're, uh, putting our hands on, on patients and, and, uh, and making them feel better and, you know, really driving that, that, that's uh, patient success and, and, and they can tell the difference. You know, you can't, you can't tell me that, you know, if you go to person a, um, you know, generic PT over here and you, then you come to fit for function, they're not even in this, in the same category, you know? So um, I think that that's kind of part of the perception that we were talking about, you know, mm-hmm. um, physical therapy is it's, you know, brand, but, um, you know, surgeon a and surgeon B might do things, you know, completely different as well. You know, um, there's still a standard of care obviously, but, um, you know, everyone has their, their niche and, and, and that's, that's what we do, you know? So I think, uh, I think the, the perception will come along. I do too. I don't, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole cause I always go down this <laughs> rabbit hole, but what, um, what led you to manual therapy? I feel like there's a trend away from it a little bit in our profession. Um, what took you down that road and why did you want to do manual? Um, uh, yeah, I think you're right. There, there is a, a somewhat of a divide right now. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll soapbox that another okay. day. But, okay. 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 <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, what led me down to manual therapy is, um, the instant results, instant results. Um, you know, you can have someone come to you in extraordinary pain and you put your hands on them and use your knowledge and, uh, and you can, you can make them feel better like that. 
And, and that's a very, very powerful tool. You know, um, the, the patient realizes it, the, the clinician realizes it. And when you can bring someone's pain down with your hands, you know, from an eight out of 10 to a three out of 10 in a matter of 45 minutes, that's very, very powerful. And, and I saw that early on and it just kind of led me to learn more, more techniques, more efficiency with it. Um, and obviously practice as well, but, uh, but yeah, it's the, it's the instant results. Yeah. There's that like, what in the world just happened kind of moment, yeah. you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, in my first year, somebody, I had a, I had a clinic, a patient bring me like this little wizard magic hat thing. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, that's why like, this is, you know, like you, whatever, you know, it's those, those quick fixes are fun. And, um, and, you know, when you're early in your career and you're watching this stuff, like, I don't understand how you wouldn't want to do manual therapy. You know, like if yeah. you're with somebody that's good and, you know, you watch somebody walk in the room and, you know, they can't turn their head and then, you know, they do a couple of needles, they do some joint work and all of a sudden it's like, whoop, you're like, like, yeah, I, I need to know how to do that. Yeah. How, yeah. <laughs> how, how did you, you do not? that? <laughs> like, how would you not learn that? It, it does uh, seem like magic sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, little bar tricks. You're like, oh, here, watch how far your neck hurts now. You know, um, exactly. And, but, and you know, that's that's obviously, like I said, one aspect of of what we do. You know, there's there's other things as well. But yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. yeah I mean, obviously, you know, the, the, I think the argument against manotherapy, and I said I wouldn't do this, but the argument mm -hmm. against it, right, is that the long term outcomes and and what is the you know the year from now does it improve and. Uh, I mean, obviously, if you go back to your old habits, your old postures, your old things, like stuff's going to come back. Uh, so we need the education side and the exercise side. And um, I don't think you've seen this yet, but we are going to be rolling out some online exercise stuff. We'll throw a little self plug in there, right? Yeah. So that we can have people maintenance <laughs> it. And, um, uh, yeah, doing like a mobility restorative fitness class. And I think, right, as much as you and I love manual therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, you still, you, you still got to push that. And, and I know in your background, you did a lot of personal training. Um, what's your, I don't know, exercise philosophy. Um, where are you with exercise, restorative fitness? Uh, what are some of the things you think about? Um, honestly, I think my, my personal philosophy is, is function, right? So, there's a place for your therapeutic exercise, right? Um, maybe early on in the plan of care. Explain um, what you mean by therapeutic exercise. Oh, for sorry. So, so like your, um, your isolated exercises, targeting specific muscle groups, um, strengthening specific muscle groups. So, I mean, I don't know, anyone that's ever been to physical therapy has probably done a clamshell, right? So, you know, those sorts of exercises, there's a place for them. But um, especially when the, when the patient is in a lot of pain and things like that, we're, we're focused on uh, restorative type stuff. But as quickly as we can get them out of pain, utilizing the manual therapy, um, I want to get them back to function and whatever it is for that patient, you know, if it's the, you know, picking up their kids or, or, or whatnot, we can, we can simulate that with exercise. And, you know, I, I may have a bias, you know, I did uh, yeah, powerlifting for, for many years. I still uh, try to act like I can do it, but, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I love that sort of stuff. And I think uh, it, 
really is a good correlation to physical therapy because your squats, your deadlifts, those are the most functional exercises in, in my book, you know? So, um, I think if, if everyone can, can learn those things, um, you know, it's, it's not for everyone. Like you don't have to do it for the rest of your life, but, um, at least some good lifting techniques and, and things like that. Um, I'd argue you do have to do it for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> like if you can't do a deadlift, like oh, we're missing some, but right. anyway, I want to do a, if, if I have the computer skill or I'll get Joey who does some of the podcast videos for me, I'm going to do a side by side of you and I describing exercise. When I first opened fit for function, the first promo video. Yeah. I haven't watched it in a long time, but I'll bet it almost sounds the same. So that's really cool. Um, (laughs) Like that, that, that trying to progress somebody to function. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, I say all the time, like, let's, let's say deadlift and back pain, because I think it's a good, a good example. It's a great example. You can avoid bending forward and deadlifting forever. And maybe your back doesn't hurt. Maybe I, I don't agree with that, but you either, you either try to avoid something or you learn how to do it. So yeah. you might as well spend the time to get good at it. Cause you're going to pick your kids up. You're going to pick laundry up, uh, you know, whatever it is. So mm-hmm. you got to be able to restore that. Um, but I also love what you said about once you got to get them out of pain, right? Like yeah. you can't just exercise through pain. I think so often people are like, Oh, I went to therapy for my shoulder and they just gave me a bunch of shoulder strengthening exercises. Like, man, that shoulder hurts for a reason. Um, so you got to change the pattern first, right? You got to get that, that pain out of there first and then you can play, the, you know, play the reload game. Um, but if you can't reset it, man, that's tough. Um, what do you, like from an exercise standpoint, what do you, um, how do I want to ask this? Like from a functional fitness side, are you trying to reload when you're going to try to teach a deadlift, you're going to try to teach a hinge, do you try to use like step-by-step kind of baseline things? Do you change weight bearing? Um, is there something that you like kind of in the back of your head conceptually like, man, if I'm going to progress this, this is what I think about. Is it difficulty in the movement? Is it weight bearing? Is it kind of like a DNS where you're progressing from like infant patterns to adult patterns? Um, or is it very case by case? Uh, yeah, it's definitely case by case. I mean, um, you know, just a specific example is someone who has no, you know, a middle-aged person who's never done or even seen a barbell deadlift before, right? Uh, versus someone who um, maybe is in, in CrossFit and deadlifts all the time, they might come in with the same exact issue. One got hurt deadlifting and one got hurt bending over and picking their laundry up, you know, it's the same, you know, essentially the same thing. Um, one has more experience in a just traditional deadlift. Right. And, um, and I think it, those two cases, you, you come out a little bit differently. Obviously the, the middle-aged, um, individual, you would start from the basics, you know, and, and really step-by-step step teach them. All right. I, I, me personally, I would go to the barbell because it, it's difficult. You know, the hip hinge is difficult and then progress the weight and, and things like that. That way the laundry is a lot easier. Um, but I would start, yes, yeah, like you said, step-by-step, step, you know, joint by joint until they feel comfortable. And then, and then progress the, the weight bearing as they, as they become more, um, 
efficient at it. Um, but on the other end, someone who's been deadlifting for five years, um, maybe they taught themselves. I don't know. Maybe they never yeah. had any uh, professional coaching or things like that. And they've been constantly reinforcing this pattern that they think is correct uh, when, you know, maybe it isn't. So with that sort of person, you're going to have to deconstruct that motor pattern first and then try to rebuild it on top of that, um, which, you know, sounds like, you know, taking a step back to take a step forward, which it is, but uh, they really have, uh, you know, the, those athletes have a lot of uh, drive and, 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 and things like that. And they, they'll pick it up pretty quickly. Yeah. I've also like, again, uh, different examples there, right? Like with your picking up the laundry example, the specificity of that movement interests me. Like what's the carryover from the technique of picking up a barbell versus the technique of picking up a laundry basket versus a kid that's squirming or a pet that's jumping and squirming around. And yeah. like there's little nuanced differences there of there your back position. Your hand. But obviously there's value to, I think there's crossover, um, in, especially in strength, but that that's definitely a, a interesting conversation. Yeah. I also, that, go, oh, ahead. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say that that was one thing that I was going to say, um, you know, I had this conversation with the patient, um, you know, they said, what, what, what do I have to do? You know, do, do I have to keep doing these exercises for the rest of my life? And I said, no, you don't have to keep doing these exercises the rest of your life because there's going to be a plateau point, you know, the, um, you know, the, the set of 10 that I gave you, you know, eventually it's not going to make you stronger anymore. And, you know, say we do, you know, five or six exercises in a session, right? Uh, towards the end of their plan of care. And uh, you're going to get bored of those things. And I said, you're not going to just do the same way over, you know, the next five years and expect to get stronger. Uh, what I think it is, is the conversation of um, regular everyday exercise. And that, that is really the thing. So there's, you know, we could talk about it for an hour, progressive overload and different, uh, different techniques to change resistance and things like that. And, and you just can't have that conversation in 10 minutes with a patient, you know, I think, um, that's why we're going to have an online module with yeah, all of those conversations. Online, Cause yeah, you, you're right. Great. You just you can't know? have the, the depth of the con- for the person that wants it. Right. Like I think half of our battles, you know, communicate exactly what they need in that short period, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, if the person need, wants the depth, you can't give it to them. Yeah. What you need now is going to be different three months from now and six months from now, yep. you know, um, which I think, you know, an online module is, is a great idea. Um, but also just tying back to, you know, fit for function and, and the, um, uh, the difference between, um, the model here and a traditional outpatient model, you know, we can, keep up with our patients and have these regular check-ins with patients without the, um, the bureaucracy of, of, uh, internet or I'm not internet, uh, insurance companies really limiting us. You know, you have to have a three time a week plan of care, you know, to, to have your insurance company pay for it or whatever the, you know, whatever the, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. you know, so we can check in with these patients and make sure they're going down the right path path and give them the tools that they need, you know, and, and answer their questions when they come along. And I think 
that's a, a big, big benefit to, to the model. One of my favorite parts of going out of network and not having to deal with the insurance kind of stuff is that ability to maintain relationships. Yeah. Like in PT, it's like, okay, so we're going to do three times a week for six weeks and then you're discharged. Like what a stupid word discharge. What is that? Right. Like <laughs> you can't see me anymore. Like what does that even mean? Um, but that, that's kind of, I mean, for those that have not seen it before that, that is the model. And um, it's an insurance model because they're trying to limit utilization and, and that kind of thing. But the ability to kind of check in with people once a month, once every six weeks, whatever that is, you can progress exercise progressions. You can do scheduled body work to just kind of, keep people moving while I'm just feeling good like that. That's an okay thing. Um, and then troubleshooting little problems has been the other part that I just love, you know, that little naggy neck thing that they might not have scheduled a visit for because they were coming to see you. Right. They're there, you fix it. Everybody's happy. We move on. It doesn't turn exactly. into, you know, it doesn't turn into whatever. So. Exactly. It doesn't turn into now we have to come back and, and do all this extra work because it, we let it go for six months. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's uh it's definitely a big advantage um when we're able to utilize that for sure yeah <clears throat> for sure all right man well this was this was a good talk um is yeah. there any is there anything else like if i guess the last question i'll ask to kind of wrap things up, i'm gonna i got two more one is who's your you know obviously you know there's a certain clientele that that, that we work with but who's your bread and butter like what's your What's your top couple things that you just love? Well, I mean, honestly, uh, I mean, I have a lot of experience in a lot of different areas, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, man, that's a that's a hard question. It's like asking me <laughs> my favorite ice cream or something. You know, they're all good. <laughs> they're all good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh man, I would say. I have a real interest in, in drive and desire to treat and to continually educate myself on neck pain, headaches, and jaw pain. They all go together. Yeah, they all go together. You know that upper cervical region, uh, the TMJ, and yep. um, and the headaches. Uh, they all they all play a big factor in. A lot more people have that problem than, you know, maybe come to treatment for. Um, and if that was probably one thing that I would say, you know, that I try to get that message out there, you know, you don't have to have headaches every day. You know, there's things that we can do uh, to really help treat it. Um, and then TMD is another just, you know, it's a, it's kind of one of those problems that people deal with. They don't know where to go, um, different providers kind of, and, and just run around the healthcare system. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we can do to, to help those patients. And uh, I would say probably those as a whole, uh, I really like. Um, but also your, you know, your, your everyday kind of sports activities, the, the same things we talked about, the lifting activities, the uh, the injured athlete, um, I really like to get into into those guys and, and treat those guys because uh, they're a different population. The the mindset is is really difficult. You know, we talked so much about exercise and and how to do various exercises. Sometimes with us 
those patients, you have to pull the reins a little bit and uh, get them to stop exercising. Yeah, it's a different beast. <laughs> you know, so I really like those patients as well. Um, but honestly, if you're motivated and you want to get better, we're going we're gonna to work well. We're super lucky because we don't get unmotivated. Like, <laughs> they don't end up in our, we don't, they don't end up in our building if they're not motivated to get that's better. Right, so that's right. that, that part of your, your world is gone, right? It's everybody's coming in. They want to get better. So yeah. uh, they want to be there. Nobody's, nobody's forced them to be there. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, and I agree. If you do manual therapy and you don't like fixing headaches, then yeah, like every, every manual therapist, like, you take away somebody's headache. That's a game changer. Oh yeah. Game changer. Yeah, for sure. Game changer. All right, man. And then one last thing, if you had to give somebody a piece of advice, uh, your first wisdom pearl with fit for function, what would it be? Give somebody a piece of advice, random piece of advice on health, aging, fitness manual. I don't know. Feeling good. Anything Mm -hmm. things you wish people knew that they don't commonly hear. I usually prep people on this question, but I yeah, didn't. You, you definitely should have. There's so there's so many things. Uh, uh, since you're putting me on the spot, I'll, I'll have to go generic. You know, if you're gonna say, if I had to give a piece of advice to someone, I would say get PT first. <laughs> get PT nice. first, you know. <laughs> Um, you know, musculoskeletal pain, you, you know, most, most patients know I, I hurt my shoulder. I hurt my back. I hurt my hip. That's a musculoskeletal problem. And, uh, you know, come to PT first. We'll, we'll get you, we'll get you fixed up. And if we can't, we know where to send you. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great place to wrap it up. Jeremy, thanks for time this <laughs> evening. Look forward right, to uh, getting you up here and, and getting things rolling here real soon. All right, I mean, I'll try to try to bring some of the heat from Tennessee up there. All right? uh, it's plenty warm and rainy here. <laughs> That's what right I heard. That's right I now. Heard. <laughs> Although the mornings are starting to cool off, I, I jumped in. Uh, we got like a above ground pool, so I, you know, my wife's dogging me, so I got on the bike this morning and did a little mobility thing and jumped in the pool, and the pool was cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's I mean, starting, honestly, it's honestly, I can't wait for that because it is. It's been hot here all the time. Yeah, yeah. So I'm excited for the uh, the fall season in Ohio. Yeah. So obviously we'll be putting some of this stuff out on our Fit for Function page. What is your Instagram? If somebody wants to follow you, see what you're up oh, to, man. Instagram, Facebook. Well, are you changing it? No. Uh, recently, I just I just haven't posted uh, in probably a long time. I'm gonna be. Uh, trying to post more regularly you're gonna have to post you're gonna have to post the updated photo because we're gonna have some people stalking you i'm sure oh man all right i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to we'll, put that we'll, on the website because we'll i can't find it, it right now <laughs> we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> i'll put my professional page up there we'll put it in the show notes all right man all right i appreciate it uh i'm gonna click this off thanks and uh, we'll see you in a couple weeks all right man sounds good Thank you for enjoying the Fit for Tomorrow podcast. Hope you're able to pick up a few things to help you live and move better. We'd really appreciate a like, share, review, or follow. 
in order to help us continue to grow this podcast and help more people like you looking to feel and move better as active adults. Thanks again. We'll see you on the next episode.